Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hey ladies, welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. Today joining us is a friend of mine, Misty Lucas. Misty, good morning and thanks for being with us this week. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Me too. I wish we were actually sitting over a cup of coffee this morning and having this conversation instead of going across Teams platform. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be nice when that day comes again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get into a conversation with you. I am excited you're with us. I've asked Misty for some very specific reasons to let me host her on our podcast as we unpack some of her story, because I think she's going to be able to speak into a lot of your lives um, as you're making some decisions in your own personal lives with careers and God taking you different directions and trying to discern, is he in it or is he not in it? But before we go there, a lot of you may not know Misty. So I want Misty just to take a few minutes and tell us who you are. Well, a lot of people will ask me because some people think I have a little bit of an accent. They'll say, are you from the South? And I say, no, not really from the South. But you know, it's easier to sum my life up as this. I was a preacher's daughter and he started out in the military. So I was born in Kentucky, learned to talk in Tennessee, started school in Missouri, finished school in Illinois. And so been a little bit of a couple of different places in my life. And maybe that's where my unique accent comes from. But, you know, after being raised by my parents and having three amazing siblings, I then married my husband, who is Jack Lucas, and we have four fabulous kids. But during that journey, I always thought, I remember being in about sixth grade and having the project at school that was like, what is, what career do you want to have? And, you know, you take the shoebox and you make the little scene of what your career is going to be. And I remember putting a couch in it and everybody being like, what's that? And I said, I'm going to be a psychologist. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a psychologist. And I didn't even know really what a psychologist was. And they'd be like, oh, so when I'm crazy, you'll give me medicine. And I was like, no, I don't want to give medicine. <laughs> like, I just want to talk to people. Like, that's what I wanted in my dream. And that was the dream God gave me. And then when I was finishing college, I actually had gone into social work. I went from a business degree to social work and God took me right back to where he had led me in sixth grade. And I began working with families. Um, I worked with families through different avenues, whether it was the child welfare system, the Baptist Children's Home in Carmi, and then eventually into a private counseling agency that I worked for for many, many years Mm -hmm. um, under a very godly leadership there. As a result of that, I typically worked with families who were dealing with sexual abuse. Whether it be the perpetrator or the victim, it was always geared towards the family and, you know, bringing healing. And then after that, my husband was, had started out as a school teacher when we first got married. And shortly, a couple years into our marriage, God led him into the ministry. And we moved to Mount Vernon, Illinois. And we lived there for almost 17 years. And it was the longest I had lived anywhere in my life, being a preacher's daughter. I remember when we hit year seven um, there in Mount Vernon, I looked at him and said, you know, I've never lived anywhere longer than this. So that was a good growing time for me just to become more grounded in who I was and where I was. As our three older kids got older, that is when God led us to Springfield. Mm -hmm. And at that time, 
we knew what Jack was going to do. He was going to work for IBSA, but I had no idea what I was going to do. And when we would talk about it, I would say, oh, I'm ready to make a career switch. You know, I think I want to work in a college or I want to, you know, do something totally different, retail, something. And when it came time, I applied for one job and one job only. And that was with Madison Adoption Associates. And my passion has just grown even more for families through their traumas, through their hurts, but in also recognizing that our families can bring healing for other people and other children. That is just a good story. I'm learning things about Misty, so I appreciate you sharing that. Misty, I want to talk a little bit about Madison um, Adoption Agency, and I want you to be able to tell the women um, about your fourth child, your second daughter that rounds up your family. But before we go there, I just know because of being a colleague of Jack's, you know, I love this when I get to talk to my friends like this. But I know that you have a very set of special skills because I hear your husband, can I just say he loves you? He loves you a lot, friend. And that I love that in a man. Girls, if you're listening in, there is no greater compliment when when your man just loves you well around other people, just telling how much he appreciates you. And that's what Jack does about his precious wife, Misty, here. But Misty, I know you also, your work with the um, folks from sexual abuse and traumas, it was a very specific work. I mean, I don't want to say forensic but you were very specialized in what you did and how you did it. So it was a private agency, but can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I did always work for private agencies when I was doing that work with the sexual abuse. Um, And like I said, I worked with the offenders, but I also worked with the victims. I spent a lot of time with families, with caregivers, trying to assist in the healing. You know, when I was a small child, my dad taught me 1 Corinthians 1031, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I I really believe that has always been sort of my life motto. My second one is to love God and then to love others. And I say have said that everywhere I work with my employees, you know, as long as you're loving God and you're loving other people, we've got this. So yeah, it, it is a unique work. I never did forensics but I did a lot of working with the courts. I did a lot of working with caseworkers, psychiatrists, doctors, whoever was needed to help bring the healing within the family. Misty, what would you say, of course, there's a lot of women listening in, um, and maybe, you know, a lot of them are lay church leaders, you know, some of them are pastor's wives. They're seeing a whole lot of culture, and the culture is just getting more complicated. And I know myself, Misty, there's times I'm like, I can't keep up. I don't even know where to go, like that clearinghouse to say what's current today. Um, and then it hits our doorsteps, right? It's inside our church, and we don't always know how to handle it or walk with that child or that student or what, what kind of, how would you speak into us? How would you advise us today just to just to be trained and equipped or you know just so we can love that that family member well sure sure so i think a lot of times we become very vigilant especially in our christian beliefs and in our christian walk we we become very vigilant that this is right this is wrong and i think it's really important that when we have these traumas exposed by families because we all have some type of trauma in our life every one of us so when it's when a family member exposes there's been some type of trauma in their life for one we are only there to support let's let the professionals do their job. Whether we agree with those professionals or not, we have to trust them because they are the ones who have been trained. They know what to look for. They know when to take action. They know when to move forward. We don't. 
as untrained professionals. We don't know that information. So our job is to support them. Our job is to love them, not to enable them, but just to love them. And I think that's probably the key thing is just recognizing that it's not within our control. It's not within our power. It is all in God's power. And we have to trust just like we trust when he puts doctors in our lives when we're sick. We have to trust those professionals to take care of those people we care about. Sure. Now talk to the mama that might be listening or the grandma that um, they're they're worried about one of their grandkids or they're worried about a son or daughter, maybe into some things they shouldn't be into or um, what, how would you encourage that mom? Oh, wow. So I think the biggest thing we can do as moms is leave the door of communication open. If your child, if your grandchild ever feels like you're being judgmental, they're not going to come to you. They're not going to talk. They're not going to share their hurts. They're not going to share their joys. Mm -hmm. So being present. I know with my kids, sometimes it's just sitting in the same room. I mean, I if I'm working, I'm not present. But if I'm watching TV, they're playing a video game, you know, even being on phones, we're present, we're in the same room. When somebody laughs, you're like, oh, what was funny? And you start connecting. But if I'm not present, if I'm always up working, if I'm always on my computer, if I'm always cleaning, I'm not present with them. And so I think that's the biggest thing is be present with your child, your grandchild. And if you even if they're resistant and they're like, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to go out and play in the yard. I don't. Okay, I'm just going to be present wherever you are. I'm going to be there. That's good. That's good. I know um, not planned, but um, I think it's been planned by God, but not planned. It wasn't Carmen being intentional. Just seems like over the last couple of weeks driving back and forth to work as I've tuned in on the radio or um, something, there's I know it's coming um, through focus on the family. I just can't remember the person to give credit, but it's really caught my attention that basically parenting in new wineskin, you know, I'll say that we're either going to adjust to it and meet them where they're at. And like you're like you're saying, not being judgmental, keeping that communication open, which means some of us are going to have to, it's almost like we need to get back to the altar because we have to be ready. Like I said, if we're going to be open, we have to be ready to hear and to process anything that that we may hear and have to process. I'm just going to tell you, Misty, it's definitely got my attention to make me think, even as a grandma, you know, in this stage of my life, to um, to think I need, I need to tune in to focus on the family and some of their resources <laughs> recently and just to get an update because a lot of my struggle is, um, you know, we're Working with students here, I love that. But the the culture just changes so much. Misty, I operate so reactive, and I'm like, doggone it, we got to get proactive. But if I'm being honest with you, friend, I don't recognize proactive anymore. You know, <laughs> it's a struggle for me. I feel like I'm always in reaction because I'm just discovering it. If that makes sense. And sure, yeah. So, um, so what? Keep going. You know, what would you tell us? What would you tell the Carmens? How does a Misty keep up? Because you have to keep up. You, know? <laughs> you do. And, you know, it's funny because I remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago doing a Bible study at Pleasant Hill. And there were only four or five of us in the room and I was leading the Bible study. But I remember doing it and it, within my own time with God, you know, we're told you know, if you're doing God's work, you're refreshed, you're, you're energized, you keep going. And I remember doing that Bible study and being told, I mean, just remember God speaking to me and saying, Christians are going to be tired. They should be tired if, if they're true, not busyness tired, mm -hmm. but they should be tired if they're, 
if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing to glorify God. You should be tired because it's intentional. It's not accidental. It's not structured, but it's intentional in your relationship. And relationships are tiring. Relationships are draining. So I think that's where you can be proactive, is recognizing, like, I have to be intentional into relating with these children, relating with these other people, even when I don't necessarily understand or agree, I have to be intentional in that relationship and developing it. That's good, Misty. And ladies, listen to what she said, tired in the work, but not of the work, right? We're tired in it, but we're not defeated. And I think that's where we need to hang our hat. You know, at the end of the day, we are not defeated. The enemy wants us to feel like we are. And if we're being honest, there's days we feel it, right? And ladies, this is where I'm going to encourage you. We can, we're stronger together. This is where community helps, you know, and your community, you may have that community of believers in a workplace. They may be there in the four walls of your local church, but that's what we're saying too. Sometimes God connects you with somebody that's already walked a few steps further than you and whatever you happen to be walking. And ladies, that's who we are as Illinois Baptist women. You know, we're a community of sisters that are just doing this life. We're on this journey together. Ordinary women. We like to say this, Misty. We're just ordinary women serving an extraordinary God. And we're not defeated. But boy, there's power in a sister coming along beside us and reminding us of that sometime and helping us to walk. So so ladies, if you're not connected with us, I'm going to give you the reminder. Get connected. You can find us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Follow us on Instagram at at Illinois Baptist Women, or check out our website at ibsa.org backslash women. So Misty, I'm I'm going to pivot the conversation now. That wasn't even planned. That was free, ladies. You know, I just got curious on my own part talking to my friend here. But but I want to I want you to tell them a little bit about Madison Adoption Agency and, and your journey there and, you know, your journey with Angie. And as you tell a little bit about that, you already mentioned it's like, okay, we knew what Jack was going to do when we come to Springfield, but what am I going to do? But you also had this sense of excitement, like what's God bringing? I'm ready for something brand new and God wastes nothing, right? So everything you put in that shoebox, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, I want to get some shoeboxes out for some girls, Misty. I'd never heard that. I'm like, we're going to build some shoeboxes with the girls I work with a couple times a month. But there was a sense of excitement because you gave yourself permission to do something new. And um, so you were expecting it, not like I'm wasting my education or wasting my career. And I think a lot of women are there and God's calling them to different things. And as Blackaby says, we have to make an adjustment, right? It takes a radical adjustment on our part. So tell that story, but put in any pointers you can through that Misty to speak into that woman who may be at that crossroad that God's saying, we're going a different route, but you can trust me. Sure, sure. And I think that's the biggest thing. Fear will creep in. When you're when you're moving, when there's changes in your family, fear creeps in and that's what creates conflict. That's what recreates conflict with our mates, with our parents, with our children. And so if we can if we can get rid of the fear, if we can accept that God is going to take care of us, it makes the journey much more enjoyable. You know, it's funny because Jack had a lot of fear when I only applied for one job, but I knew, I mean, I just told him that's my job. And when I came for the interview, did I think that day I was going to get the job? No, I didn't, but I had a piece. And that's the one thing that I can always count on and is really a part of my testimony is God has always given me a piece. You know, that has been from the time I was saved when I was eight years old, I can identify that piece and it never goes away. You know, if you can get rid of the fear. So I applied at Madison and I remembered when even when they called me and they offered me the job as the executive director, 
At that time, it was mostly monitoring like home studies that were being done in Illinois. Our main office is in Delaware. And then when um, I came on at Madison, boy, I had no idea what I was getting into. It was crazy. It was overwhelming. And within six months, I was completely in love with it. And within about six months, that's when my boss called me and said, hey, we're getting ready to start the Columbia program. Do you want to take over? It's going to be a really small program, nothing big. You want to do this for us, like five cases a year. I was like, sure, I'll take on the challenge. And I got to travel to Columbia. And during that first trip, I met a couple of children. And one of those children's name was Angie. And she tore up my heart. And I remember being in the hotel room that night. Um, we had done some interviewing with her and had recorded um, a video of her. And I remember being in the room that night and, you know, God just speaking to me, being like, you have something that she's never experienced. Like your family, the way you were raised, you know, your children now, like she's never had those experiences. And and I have a post and every year when it comes up, because it was really important to me not to like point out the kids or the just, I didn't even, I'm more of a protective person. I keep a hard shell. Some of that comes from the work I've done in the past where other people can't see past my wall unless I allow you to. So I have a post that comes up every year that just talks about how thankful I was for my father, how thankful I was for my family and, you know, for what God had given me. And that's my reminder of the day I met Angie. And so, you know, when I came home from that trip in Columbia, Jack had seen Angie's video when we were advocating for her. And he was like, Misty, I'm going to start praying that God gives her a family like she needs a family. I was like, okay, we're going to pray together. You know, we're going to make sure she finds a family. You know, Columbia blew out of the waters, our Columbia program. We had tons of adoptions. We bring kids for hosting every year, except for during the pandemic. And we find good families for them. And we bring good kids. And I remember when we were doing that year of hosting, I asked, can Angie come for hosting? and was told, no, Angie can't come for hosting. She just wouldn't be a good fit for her. And I said, well, what would it take to get Angie to come for hosting? And they said, well, a very specific kind of family, and it has to meet certain criteria. And we have to approve the family before we'll even agree she can come. So I said, okay, give me the criteria. And they gave me the criteria, and I went home to Jack, and I said, um, we meet all the criteria for Angie's family to come for hosting. And he said, okay, she can come. She can come for hosting and we're going to find her family. We're going get to get her in front of all of our friends, our family. We're going to find her family. And I was like, okay. And about two days later, he walked in one morning. We were getting ready to go to work. And he said, we don't have to keep looking for Angie a family because she's our family. And, you know, it was really cool when he tells the story because he says, you know, he was just looking in the mirror, shaving or brushing his teeth or whatever. But God was just like, stop praying for her to have a father. Like she already has one and it's you, you know. So through that process, we knew that we wanted Angie. We knew that Angie was our daughter. Angie was our daughter, even if we couldn't adopt her. She was always going to be our daughter in our heart. And so we went through that process that year. We moved as fast as we could to bring her home. And we did get to host her prior to committing to adopting her and had a fabulous time, had a wonderful time with her. Angie is our daughter. She's been home a little over two years now. She is now 14 years old. And it is hilarious. It is like she has always been a part of our family. She has different parts of our other children's personalities. Yeah, and Angie knows everybody she loves in Colombia, everybody, um, she had some siblings in Colombia still, she knows that they're all part of our family. 
And sometimes she will talk about that, that we have other children, you know, even that people don't see because it's part of her and it's part of her family. That, that's that's fantastic. Ladies, if you're listening, um, because I work with Jack, Misty's husband, who can we just say he can act all tough, but he is about as soft as they come. And I love to hear him tell that story. <laughs> but he's definitely, definitely a proud, proud daddy. And, and Misty, I want to say this. You're a strong woman. And girlfriend, you are grounded, though. You are grounded in, in God. And you do hard things because it doesn't come with cha- w- without challenges to adopt and especially to do international adoption. And I know your agency helps the families and walks them through with all that transition. And ladies, if if, um, if you're interested in learning more about Madison yeah. Adoption Associates, we're going to put the link to their website in our episode notes. And now some of you guys may have met Misty at past priority events also, you know, in the exhibit hall. Um, we're talking about that now, you know, about we're, we're, we're extending um Misty, the invite, you know, if she wants to be in the exhibit hall this year, right? And so, ladies, if you've got questions, I, I know Misty would be more than happy to, to have that conversation with you and, and also talk to you about how um, their agency helps you cross barriers to make that adoption a reality. Like I said, her contact information is, or is in the notes. So, Misty, I want you to talk just a few minutes as we close to that woman. It's easy to look at somebody else's story, but it's only looking backwards that oftentimes we can see God's hand. You know, as we as we watch it play out. But when we're in the midst of it, we're in the midst of the, you know, the, the pivot has happened. Um, the unexpected hit life or you're at a, and it could be a fun crossroad too, right? Just like you shared where, man, there's a sense of excitement. I'm ready for something new. You know, this kind of feel freeing with that. But either way at that crossroad, and I know, especially with COVID, there's a lot of women that are there. Some's invited, some they would have never invited into their life, but they're in the moment. Can they trust God? talk to them when they may be in that moment trying to make a decision as they know there's an adjustment coming when they they God may be saying I want you to move and move now they clearly know God's calling them they clearly know he's moving them and now it's on their part what do they believe in God if if they're going to follow or not regardless of what that next step looks like in their life what would you tell that woman based on your own experience based upon my own experiences throughout life is embrace it and it's okay if you ran from it before that's okay embrace what he's putting in front of you now because it is all part of the plan Mm -hmm. and even the tough times though are easier when you're embracing what he's putting before you where if you're trying to do it on your own it's just going to be a bigger struggle and it's going to be a lot harder Don't let yourself get stuck out of fear. Don't let yourself get stuck out of hurt. Embrace it and keep going. Keep moving forward. That's really good. And ladies, let that resonate with you. And, you know, and I would add one more. Don't get stuck out of pride. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in my own quiet time this morning, I'm in some sort of a Lent devotional and and I'm I'm pretty sure it's John Piper. I'm not 100 percent, but I think it's Piper that wrote it. But today was talking about the leper. Right. and, And I wrote this down in my journal. The leper was unclean. It was probably the most miserable state of life anybody could find themselves in. And he said, you know, they lived isolation, which we all know isolation coming off the pandemic. I keep saying coming off. We're not off the pandemic. We're just now starting to see some light. But we all understand isolation. But but um, the other thing, the, the humiliation was the other thing that the leper, you know, nothing he had, he could go back to. So perpetual, that was Piper's word, perpetual isolation and humiliation. And along came a contagious savior, 
that did the unspeakable and touched him, right? And and just took that away. Not just, you know, and we we can't, ladies, we know the gospel. We can't hide sin. We can't get away sin. We can't get rid of the stain. Only the Savior can do that. But can I say, listen to what Misty told you, because as women, oftentimes our pride is what keeps us from embracing what's in front of us. We don't want people to know this about our kids. We don't want people to know this about us. And can I just remind you today, ladies, we are all sinners Mm -hmm. with a contagious Savior. And it's when we spotlight him, which is often the pain of our own lives that other people get to see that he can bring healing to their life also. So that is a good word that she just spoke to us. Embrace it, embrace it. But sometimes we have to tell the woman in the mirror that, right? You can trust him, Carmen. You can trust him, Misty. And sometimes we just have to remind each other of that. So that is is a good word. That's a good word. Misty, I could talk all day. um, And I think it's time for you and I to get together for lunch and just continue. Friend. But thanks so much for sharing a few minutes with me this morning and, and speaking into the women across Illinois. No problem. Glad to be here. Ladies, if you're listening, like I said, Misty, um, her contact information um, will be in the episode notes. So feel free to reach out to her. If we can do something for you, you know how to reach us. We're here to serve you, We're here to do the journey with you. And I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org women.